Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is one of my favorite returning guests. She is the voice of many of your favorite characters on anime and animated series. Uh, Most notably, for her role as Barato in Sailor Jupiter. She is Amanda Celine Miller, or Amanda C. Miller, as I like to call her. And she is back because we are going to talk about what's going on in her world, but also we're going to talk about the upcoming game, Naruto Cross Barato Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections, which is coming out on all platforms. I am so eagerly waiting to uh, check this out, including the new story involving her character. So, folks, please welcome back Amanda C. Miller. How you doing, Amanda? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. It's great to have you back. First of all, I got to say this. Um, congratulations, I guess, is in order on behalf of you and all of the actors out there and the writers. <laughs> it, I, um... I did it all myself. I, 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 <laughs> I like arm wrestled with the head of the Motion Picture Association. I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I, I was sick of it. I was like, this, this strike's gone on for like several months now. Let me just roll up my sleeves and just handle this business. <laughs> it had your name written all over it. <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, I follow this, you know, passionately because I have always said I, I actually had um, Jeffrey Thorne, who's a he's a writer and he's written for a lot of uh, TV shows, uh, Ghost, you know, Power Season, uh, Power Ghost, uh, Book Two Ghost. Uh, he was the showrunner for. Um, Avengers Black Panther's Quest as well, and he does a lot of comic books. So he was knee-deep in this as well on behalf of the WGA. And we were talking about this, and I'm like, you know, really, this affects everybody. It's not just the writers. It's not just the actors. The same practices that is going on with these companies goes on in every industry. Like, when he was telling me the stuff that he was going through and what they were doing on his side of things... It reminded me of stuff that I was going through with corporate. So, like, I was rooting for you guys to win because it's a big deal. If you guys win, it may actually influence other industries, hopefully, to look out for their people, too, especially in, during these inflated times. I got to ask, what did you think of the results of the uh, of the strike? What, do, do you uh, believe that you, gotten, that you guys are getting everything that was asked for? Did you think there was something missing out? So, I have to admit, I'm not super well versed on like what exactly we gained from it i know mm-hmm. that they were fighting about a couple key issues and one of them was ai absolutely i have like a not even a hate relationship i haven't i understand why people are upset about it yeah. i think it's really freaking cool the potential of what we can do with it but i, I agree we're afraid i agree absolutely uh, agree so 
I think f- as far as the union went, I think that they did a good job protecting us, fr- protecting us from that because yeah. they were like trying to be like, uh, we want to be able to use your likeness. If we, if we cast you, we get to scan your image into a database and then they could just sell it to third parties or whatever they wanted to do. Even after you pass and after stuff that, like that. Like, I-, I could understand if it's like, I'm like, if I was, let's say a, a superhero or like a character that's like in a big franchise, it's yeah. kind of riding on me and yeah. I love the character and I die in a car accident or something like that. I would be like, yeah, I would love to like live on. That'd be so cool. But like, let, I don't know why they couldn't just say, Hey, you, if you sign off on it, we can use you. Or if your family right. signs off on it, but they were willing to, they were saying like, we should be able to do it without your estate's approval. How about that though? <laughs> the audacity. Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly it really is. I mean, it's like, when you think about it, it's like, are you, and not only that, um, they were, I was already told that they were already scanning people unbeknownst to them. <laughs> yeah, well, I heard that somebody, I'm not going to say who, but there's a big producer in Atlanta who was like, hey, man, like, he'd go around to the uh, the actors and be like, hey, like, so good to have you here. Thanks so much for being on the project. And you know, they were all so starstruck because of who he was. That right. He'd be like, hey, you know, could you just sign this thing? And like, we'll give you 150 bucks, 200 bucks, and, like, you'll be in our database and we'd love to use you in our like other projects and stuff. Like it'd be cool to just have your character, like live in this right. universe and they would just be so flattered that they'd be like, Oh yeah, like I'll do it. Not thinking about the residuals or. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing like that. So it's, uh, and then apparently they were selling uh, the, the images and likenesses and stuff to third parties wow. for 200 bucks. Like your likeness is going to be all over and you have no control. You could be an extra in a porno. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, come on. But not only that, I, I, there was, I mean, it dates back to video games, too. I mean, I know that's not the subject that's going to be coming up pretty soon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not, it's over for the actors and the writers, but the video game industry may be getting ready for something as well. But yeah. there was a situation way back, uh, I would say for sports games uh, and wrestling games, where they were contractually obligated to sign a contract that says, we are going to take your likeness and we're going to be able to use it over and over again, no matter what. And this was before everybody figured out like, wait, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> and they, now you got these WWE games that are coming out. Like no matter, they, can have, they have people from past, present and future on air. Cause that's, that's the problem. Like that's why I appreciate a union being proactive. Yes. Because when they're playing catch up, it's too late. Like, yes. There's no language in place to protect people. Then they're like, Oh, well we've already done it. So I think that was the problem with um, residuals was that like for streaming services, they've kind of worked some in place. Like I know now I get some residuals from like my Netflix shows and whatnot, but like I have friends who are on like Carmen Sandiego and they don't get any residuals. So it doesn't matter if people like the show, doesn't matter how many people watch it. They don't get anything. They just got paid the session fee and then the show takes off without them. So because we didn't have, we didn't understand that streaming and web stuff was going to be basically the new TV. So the contracts right. didn't reflect that. So they didn't put in exactly. protections to be like, hey, on TV, if you're, you know, if you're on a NBC show or whatever, like, you know, if you're, you're on TV r- during, a, well, I guess they have commercial breaks. So the commercials right. on TV would pay for it. That's mm-hmm. right. So for streaming, they're like, well, we don't have commercials, so we're not paying. We don't need to pay residuals. We don't need to pay the actors as right. much. We're not making as much. And then they realize, oh, no, they are making a lot. So 
Right. Now, I mean, stuff like that. And it, again, you know, because streaming networks has been out for quite some time, it was eerie. It was it was a hard thing to figure out. And I'm glad that they finally put it to put two and two together on it. I, one of the things that I actually enjoyed about some of the things that are agreed upon was the uh, I guess the diversity, authentic uh, authenticity, I guess, where like for for certain aspects of filming uh, when it comes to wigs and everything. And I, I, I'm not saying it in a direct and in, in direct detail, but it's like you have to be correct in terms of, you know, transgender or, you know, uh, you know, ethnicity or whatnot. Like if you're wearing a wig. Like I, the first thing I was thinking about was like Shamar Moore and Tyler Perry's um, um, diary of a mad black woman when he wore the corn, corn rolls, uh-huh. <laughs> just look awful. <laughs> so what, that what you're saying with they we we have to basically play what we are. Or you're saying like if you're bald you can't wear a wig or like what's the what's the let me see if I could go back on my notes here because I put it all on my notes and it was just it was uh, quite insightful to to say the least. Let me see if I can go here. Substantials, residuals, the contract brought up. Yeah, here it is. The contract also brought about, this is coming from Deadline. The contract also brought about the importance gained by for hair and makeup equity. The sharing of aggregate diversity statistics, which eliminates inappropriate wigging and paint downs, gender neutral language, access gender affirming care, and translation services. Wait, so what was the... So basically they're saying, what's the wig thing? I still don't understand. That's, I, I was thinking too, like inappropriate wigging. I'm like, apps, you know, here, me personally, I've seen some movies where like certain people wear certain type of wigs. Like I said, like I, there was a, there was a meme or a post where somebody posted all of the, the really crappy wigs that black men had to wear <laughs> that looked awful. Like it looked obviously that it wasn't their hair at all. Um, I, I, I could be wrong, but that's what the first thing that came to my mind. That's hilarious if it's literally just enough of these bad wigs, because then I agree. Because I've seen, like, I don't know, like, in Mean Girls, or, like, there's, there's a couple moments in, like, movies where I'm just like, that's, like, you can see, like, the lace front wig. So maybe yes. there's like, no more of these <laughs> shitty wigs. Like, we've, we've got to... Because <laughs> um, I, I don't know if, if it's what I think it is, where basically they're like, oh, if you need a wig to play a character, then you can't play that character. But I'm like, I wear straight hair wigs sometimes for auditions. Right. So I wear, you know, like I wear like looser curls. I have all different kinds of things to like right. different because I'm ethnically ambiguous. So right. I guess, are you saying that maybe they're basically putting things in place where you have to play what you actually are? Cause I actually, maybe, maybe that, or maybe just that you have to, it has to look authentic at least. I, I, it has I, to be approved. I have a maybe they're probably doing the first. Cause like, so I don't know, maybe this isn't a popular opinion, but I don't like, that we are basically saying, oh, are you Persian? You can only play Persian people. Are I agree you, with that. You know, there's you- a part. Of, I, I think it's appropriate in some cases. I also think it's inappropriate in other places. Because mm-hmm. um, when I think about this, I'm like, I know there's some, you know, actors. I, I'll say Phil Lamar, mm. who has played some really good white characters in the past because of his voice and it carries to that. Uh, he played Aquaman on so many different t- takes and it's like, okay, he, 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 he can roll with it. I don't want him to lose that role. Right, he plays but then, Asian, he plays Samurai Jack, like he gets to play exactly. like, the whole rank. It, it, well put. And then there's some cases where some people are like, no, you shouldn't be there, bro. <laughs> and I, I understand that, I do think representation matters in a way where like, okay, cool, if there's a if there's an Asian character and the, yeah. their Asian-ness or whatever, yeah. plays into the character yeah 
yeah, sure. Have somebody who actually speaks that language, have somebody who actually understands that culture. That's fine. But a lot of times I'm seeing stuff where it doesn't have anything to do with the character. They arbitrarily made the character a race because they want to get like points. And they're just like, must only, I've seen one that was literally like, must be character is part Swedish, part Middle Eastern. So it please send actors who are either Swedish and or Middle Eastern. And I'm like, does that have a, does the character. And then they end up from, they end up casting somebody from the UK. if if it's relevant if they have a skill they need to do that's fine but it's also another thing that i think is interesting is like when they assume that because you are that ethnicity or whatever that you also embody certain things of that culture so like they're like uh you know they're like i i I have plenty of latino friends who are like i don't speak spanish right people cast them being like oh do the thing and so it's it's just interesting, but yeah, I, I as an ethnically ambiguous person who no longer can audition for all the things I look like, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the whole. You have to actually only play this thing. I'm like, I didn't get into acting to just play. Uh, and that is a white, you're right, biracial person. That <laughs> is the part way. about that. I think that's the the part that is missing from the art of acting, in my opinion. I mean, I who were me to say this, but acting was about portraying and it's the art of convincing people to be immersed in the character because of their performance. Mm. It's not meant to be always a malicious type of thing or an offensive type of thing. If you could play the role and you play it with the respect that you, that is, that is needed, then I think it should be okay. If like there was a time when we would go to different countries and we would go by the customs of what they uh, respect their customs and we would go by their, their, uh, the cultural ways. But now, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, people are just outing you because you're misappropriating the, uh, the culture. Yeah. It, I think, okay. I think they don't even know if you were born in that culture, by the way, it, it also started it with good intentions because back in the day, it was very common for people to be like, Oh yeah, I created rock and roll or I created this and that, even right. though like, I don't know, there's like Chuck Berry or like, you know, like there were, there were people, there were there were like a lot of times in this country it was like it was like black artists or black hairstyles or whatever yeah. were you know they they created something and then a white actor or a white performer or a white whatever I literally just had this conversation you know about like, the term about the term woke <laughs> I literally just had this conversation like it's so commercialized and politicized now but like that's a word that we used to use to be to to let us know to be alert on what's going on yeah, against us it just meant and, stay vigilant and then of course right like, when it, once it became mainstream it's like mom and dad discovered it and it became <laughs> and they also in a bag of lays potato chips woke and like that's how commercialized it is now it's like it's so crazy it's uh that's always the joke like whenever they have a. Uh, the, the holidays for like different things come around. They're like for African-American history month, buy some, you know, buy Doritos because we yeah. care. It's like, you know, I mean, you care about our money. Like you're like, <laughs> like pride month. They're all like, we suddenly care. Because right. Gay money, straight money. Just We're it. celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a new Big Mac. <laughs> yep. With a new crib. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, <laughs> It's funny. So, like, I understand that cultural appropriation started there, where it's like, yeah, right. like, let's acknowledge the person who started it. To right. me, though, I feel like I don't like that it's become a thing of you can't share in this culture. You can't appreciate it. You can't even look at it, you know, versus if you acknowledge where it came from. Like, Bruno Mars is what, Filipino or something? Yeah. But people have tried knowledge, to yeah. I think, yeah, they've tried to come from because he's like, he, he, he steals from black artists. He's like, he's never hidden who his inspirations were. Oh, 
you know, and I respect them for it. Most likely, I respect the Beastie Boys. People forget that. People forget third base. People forget Eminem, of course. I mean, like, there are other people. Like, we we can cross each other's paths as long as we respect the path. Right. We acknowledge where it came from. We don't say, I created this thing, you know? Right. Like, All right, cool. Like, I grew up listening to Michael Jackson, right? Or whatever your inspiration right. was for, like, your singing. And it's like, okay. It's okay, gen- new generation. <laughs> like, come huh. Calm it down. And so that, yeah. that's why when you were saying, like, you know, we used to be able to, like, we used to be able to share cultures. We used to be able to, like, if you go to Tokyo, you could participate in, participate in, not Tokyo, but, like, maybe, like, in, in Japan, in, like, the countryside, you could go to a tea house, and you could dress by a kimono, and you could post right. a picture of it, and it wasn't like, oh, you're stealing their culture. It's like, no, I'm here, and I'm participating in it. No, I'm what it would, what it does is make you well-rounded. It yeah. makes you more aware. It makes you respectful because you're able to be a part of this experience, and you grow from it. But we're so in a bubble right now. It's just, it's, it's sad. <laughs> it's always from good intention. So the thing is, I understand why they're like, and even, I don't, I don't disagree that we should try to, in Hollywood, cast certain roles for people who actually are that thing. Right. Because they have so few opportunities. I understand that. Like, the, I mean, I don't want to bring, <laughs> the Snow White movie has enough, like, stuff around it. But, <laughs> you know, Peter Dinklage was like, don't cast the dwarves as little people because... Right. I guess it's offensive. I don't really know. But like, and then a bunch of little people, actors who are less famous than him. I'm like, hey, bro, like you got your bag. Like, let us get ours. Like, no, exactly. Cast us. So that because they had cast a bunch of different sized people to play the dwarves. Right. Appease Peter Dinklage. And then people were like, oh, you didn't cast actual dwarves. So then I guess they're redoing it. And now they're doing CGI dwarves. I saw that. No one except I guess voice actors, but probably not little people. So. Oh. Uh. God bless this generation in life. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's, a, it's, a, it's time to be alive. Exactly. Speaking of generations, yes, we we got to talk about. Look at that segue. We got to talk about. <laughs> it's back on topic. I'm like going off on like social commentaries. So. I'm all for it. We look. It's great talk here. But in terms of generations, we got to talk about your character Barato, as he will appear on the new upcoming game Naruto Cross Barato Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections, which is out. And on November 17th, on a Friday, and I'm, I, I've been a big fan of the Ultimate Ninja Storm series. I don't know how much of a gamer you are. Uh, not not much of one. I play, like, Duolingo, which just doesn't count. <laughs> like, the eh, doesn't count. It's game-ish. Yeah, game adjacent, <laughs> I guess. I used to play much more in high school. So I'll move you into to the, to the Molly Flanagan uh, line over there. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like but to, to her credit, she she did buy a Nintendo Switch. I just want to point that out. Okay. <laughs> Get on the ball. But uh, but the game is coming out, and you are a big part of this one because the story, like the last one that they had for, did have a story based on you, but it was more like an expansion. This time, the story is really based upon your your uh, your generation and story. Can you give us a little bit of insight on what that's about? I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. A lot well, a synopsis at best or whatever, like I, paraphrase it. <laughs> I don't, because usually they just say, don't say anything until the game comes out. Ah. Uh, All right, then let me ask you this. How excited are you? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. The game we've been working. I mean, I don't, I'm not, probably not going to play it. I don't even know what console it's coming out on, but I. Uh, Every, all of them, actually. Okay. Does it does it come out for the Sega Genesis? Because that's what I have. <laughs> I wish and respect to you on that one. I'm a I'm a huge Genesis fan. I it's one of my all time favorite consoles. So much like you know, you're you're a gamer. 
<laughs> you I'm, gotta. I'm, I have a Xbox 360 and I have a Sega Genesis. So I have, like my my gaming is stuck back in like my my elementary school, middle school, uh, <laughs> high school days. Fair enough. There were no also games for the three for the 360 at the time, so we'll uh, go with that. Yeah. But no, this one I would say at least you need to check this out because what they usually do with these games is amazing in the sense that they recreate some of the biggest moments of the Naruto and Baruto uh, sagas. Okay. And the animation is just absolutely spectacular. It almost looks Disney-like. Hmm. Like, I mean, you see the animation from the from the show, but they take, yeah. the, because it's, you know, 3D, you know, frame by frame and, and, and 60 uh, frames per second and everything, everything just moves faster and smoother. And when they do these cut scenes that you are familiar with, it looks awesome. I mean, it is an incredible, incredible experience. And this is why they have five games, actually six games since uh, the original. So is 60 frames per second, isn't that like what they film like sports events in? Pretty much. So it's like very like fast. It's very fast paced. Okay. Yeah, it's 30 frames per second in, in uh, 60, 60. Okay. 30 is nothing to smile about either. 30 is cool. I'm usually cool with 30. There's about a, there's a bunch of, you know, really stuck up game enthusiasts out there that love the you know the resolutions and all the stuff but 60 frames is yeah it's it's really fast paced like you probably need to if you get dizzy easily you probably should go 60 frames per second no i uh i'm excited about it because i uh we were working on it for a couple of years like it was actually like we did like we recorded like i can't remember what it was i think it was like seventeen thousand lines or something like that like for per 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 person or just you or just I don't remember. I know the director told me he's like, we did this many lines. I don't. I could. I don't know if he meant like just me or the whole game. But I know we, yeah. we thought it was done, and that was like two years ago. And then like in the yeah. past year, like, hey, we're doing some tweaks to the game, and they were like, here's thirty thousand more lines. I think it was total. I think it was everybody. Wow. So then it's essentially like recording a new game. Uh, so there's yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of content, and I believe it's stacked on top of what we already did, and some some things tweaked, but for the most part, yes. I think it's expanded it even more. So I imagine it's going to be a very uh, in depth uh, world, in depth story, and different options and whatnot. It, well, a lot of it is going to uh, reprise some of the most memorable scenes from both Naruto and uh, Barto. Did you have to redo? You said you had to redo lines for those two yes i mean it's been it's been a while but um yeah like there was definitely parts where it's like you're watching a flashback of something that was in the movie or in the show right. or something like that um i remember the i don't know how much i'm supposed to say is the, does the trailer tell you a little bit about the story is there like a it, yes it it really does in a sense but not entirely it's not to really bring a little bit it doesn't elaborate as much but it gives you enough to say like you know, Barto has a new threat going on and, you know, it's, you know, Naruto is going to be involved with it to that, to that extent. Um, but it's the trailer is about like two minutes long. So it gives you a little bit of, of something to, you know, chomp uh, to chomp at the bits with for well, kind of to talk to cover what we were talking about earlier a little bit. I remember there's like kind of like AI or VR. So like that's kind of a timely thing that they, that yeah. they worked into the story. So that'll be interesting i think for most people that's a lot of stories like that happening in in all sorts of different uh facets like there's a a, the ai story element is really coming in making ai the villain of this whole thing yeah 
it's really interesting. Um, even though the Matrix already really made that happen, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> here's the thing with AI. It's like, yes, some of it's very good. Usually, though, there's still a person behind it. Like you have to like right. even the weird creations you're seeing on online. Usually, like they're like, I fed this into a computer or whatever. No, that's not how that happened. Like they they <laughs> make it funnier. Like there's right. Netflix that's like AI wrote this rom com, and then it'll say in the thing like it's like with the help of a comedian, and so it's like. So AI is not that smart. I I tried to do some stuff with it because I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is bad. It, it had like a full. It became self aware and then had a breakdown. It was like a whole thing. So I don't think AI is ever gonna. Well, I'm knock on wood. I don't think it's ever gonna replace artists full. Oh, please let that be the famous last words of Amanda before we go into it. <laughs> before Skynet takes over. Exactly. I, like, I I but I think there's a way to work with it because I keep saying like. It's coming. There's you can't yeah. stop it. So you can't like right. ban it. Like I'm not a fan of like being like mm, the government should ban it. It's like it's here. And there's a lot of cool uses for it. Like for right. example, there's a lot of screenwriting programs where you can use AI to help you write your story. So you might be right. stuck and you're like, what do I do? Like, you know, and and then you can tell the AI to create a new line of dialogue, create a new, you know, uh, tell you who should speak next, or it, it'll say like a line of action. It'll say so and so does this. And you can do like three different versions and be like, Ooh, okay, well, what if they did to do this and then write that? And then you, you can kind of, you can use it to supplement or help. And then that's exactly that. what Adobe is doing right now with all their programs, like Adobe Photoshop, the new Adobe Photoshop right now hmm. has a AI generator. Okay. It is scary. <laughs> it is it's scary good, but it's also like, again, it's like in the corner of your mind, it's like, how far are we going to go with this? Cause yeah. you can expand pictures and it adds on the information of the pictures. You can also add elements on there. I did a little thing where um, my wife basically, you know, she dog trains and she has pictures of dogs. So I expanded the picture showing parts of the picture that you didn't see before. And it automatically just added on the trees and the root and, and, and the far, uh, and the leaves and the ground and the foliage and, foliage and the ground and everything. And then I added a little bear sleeping right in front of him. That looks it, it matched the lighting of the of the actual atmosphere. It was it's insane. And then you have three different versions that you can pick from. It sounds the whole algorithm sounds just like what you just described. I mean, like it's scary because I, I definitely think artists. It's going to come hard for artists because it's already like so much cooler. Granted, it's using it because it stole other people's art, and then that's yes. what it learned. So it's like already kind of like morally questionable, but uh, that I don't see. I, I I don't know. I don't know if artists have a have a that's not that sounds awful i don't know if they have a long future but it's like <laughs> i think the hardest fight because ai is already like doing its thing but here's the thing i think we will because i'm a I, I do graphic design too um i think we will have somewhat of an issue but i also see us as humans wanting to have just wanted to support us as well because even though you know ai is doing this we are capable of doing the same thing hmm Maybe not as fast, maybe not as, you know, um, I don't know. We're definitely diligent. Maybe not as fast as it generates, but we also have, a, we have a more soulful, passionate understanding of it. We, there's, there's a significance in our art, you know, and that's what art has been all about. And it's been about significance. Like what story are we telling through our art, through our art? That's something I believe AI is not going to be able to have unless it just all of a sudden generates a personality. Or you're... I think you could use AI to make your art. Like you could be like, okay, like you could help it place, you could help 
be like, hey, design this and this and this, like, and then you know you can tweak it and you can like, and like you can. That's exactly what you can do in in in, in uh, Photoshop right now. Yeah, like I that's, think I think there's a way to do that, and it actually might it, make your job easier as an extension. Yes, mm-hmm. but to let just to be just like as an executive at an office that normally has a team, a, a design team, and you just say screw it, I can save more money out of this. That's where. That's where it's going to be a problem. That's that's why I'm like, for you guys, I think it's going to be harder. I think it's a lot. Now that SAG has like the protections in place, I think acting wise, we're safe for a bit. I know voiceover, they're already creating databases online of our voices. And yeah. people are just like illegally just like trying to replicate them for their games. I think there's going to be a lot of potential lawsuits there, though. If they, You can't just use somebody's likeness like that no. to sell your product if I have not consented to it and you have not paid me for my Agreed. time. Did you, so. by chance, hear the song by Molly and uh, Sean Schimmel? Mm-mm. Somebody didn't sell it, but they did it, and they had Molly and Sean sing, a, sing uh, their version of the weekend's, one of the weekend's hit songs. And damn if they didn't sound good doing it. Damn. It was weird. Molly heard it too. She like, this is kind of cool, but I'm also weirded out about this right now. That is creepy. Like I, I that so that's where that's where I'm definitely concerned with AI is we're never going to be able to tell what's real and what's not anymore because we'll see yeah. like well see there's a video of them leaving the crime scene with a weapon and that's yeah. all been photo like you know AI that could the person might not even even have been there so we might have people but the, who are. That's the moral and ethic. I think this is the moral and ethics is what people are worried about, not the ability to of what it can do, but how it's being used ethically. Because if it's not used ethically and it's used to manipulate and into maliciously, that's when it's going to cause problems. And yeah, that's something to be afraid about. But that's why we need a certain balance in this whole thing. And I'm hoping that's the case for all of you, especially in the video game industry, because uh, that's a whole other issue as well with that. But and going into Barto, uh, I gotta say, like I've finally caught up watching the other episodes of that series, and I gotta say, here's something that I think that gets a bad rap. I will say this for your show, I actually enjoyed, and I hate to say actually as a former defense, but I'll say it, I enjoyed the the actual filler episodes, hmm. and. I think because I looked at it and, t- and took it in as a different type of way. And I think, do you honestly, we, you know, you know, the, the big deal about filler episodes with anime and anime fans and everything. Do you think filler episodes get a bad rap at I, times? Yes and no. I think some episodes are absolutely pointless, <laughs> but there's some filler that's cute or some filler that's like a really sweet character right. arc thing where like two characters get to do like a, I don't know, they run an errand together, but they learn more about each other and they deepen their friendship or something that's like, if you like these characters, why wouldn't you want to see them, you know, like ha- in all their moments and be like, right. oh, that's kind of a cute little slice of life moment. So I, but then I, I absolutely think some filler is just a waste of time and absolutely insulting. <laughs> <laughs> Without even saying it, have you been a part of a filler that you were like, why am I, why is this happening? Oh yeah. Like there'd be times where I'm recording. I'm like, really? This whole episode's about a boat or like, you know, whatever. Like I'm just like that. I thought we were going to do this or that. It's like, or it'll, it's, especially cause it'll usually, it'll usually be after a really interesting arc where you're like, there's a lot of action and all that. And then like what well, the start of the new arc is like, cool, we're on a boat or we're delivering mail. And I'm just like, you can't just like go back to normal. You got to keep it like at that high. So yeah. It's I, for art. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm also very much, I, I'm a writer as well. So I'm always like, that was a missed opportunity. They should have done this and that and that. So it's, right. I have a lot of opinions about things. So as, going to writing, like, how has that been for you? Like, since you like, I, I, here's the thing. Last time I think we spoke was during a pandemic, first of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, second, you were, in the midst, like, I think all the times that I've talked to you, you have advanced, you had added another title into your repertoire and ADR writing was one of them. Like, how are you, how are you uh, liking that aspect of your uh, artistry? It depends. Cause like, if you're working on a show, that's really good. Then it's always fun. Cause then you're like, Oh, I get to work on a show I love. And I get to put words in these people's mouths basically. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you you're, they give you the English translation, but you have to make it sound natural. You have to make it make sense. Cause a lot of times the jokes don't translate or exactly other stuff just doesn't quite work or it doesn't sound like how we would say it. So some shows are really fun where you get a chance to kind of not make it your own, but like they'll say, Hey, can, can you make it funny? So it's like, you get to kind of, be like, how do I say essentially this, but in a way that's funny to an American audience or whatever. So right. you kind of get to be like more creative. And then other shows, they're like, don't change anything, but make it match, but don't change a single word. And you're like, how do I make it match? So, Right, right. I, you know, but that's the one thing that I respect about this generation of anime uh, production is that like, I, you know, I grew up in the 80s uh, with, you know, Voltron and, 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 uh, what is that? And some of the other stuff like, um, Speed Racer and all these stuff before the term anime was actually a thing, mm-hmm. which became a thing during the late 90s in, in, in the U.S. Um, and the, it's not the actor's fault. It is the writing of it. It didn't work and they were trying their best and they didn't understand the culture too much. But credit to this generation because it is far and away evolved in so greatly and the ADR aspect of it is the best part about it because they, they you guys managed to do it while also respecting the culture and also maybe making it to localize for us and it just it, it's not an easy task because <laughs> no, there's you're never gonna make everybody happy but it's also no. like do you want it to sync or do you want like speed racer dubbing you know <laughs> if you want it to sync we got to change some words around because english and japanese are very different languages and exactly be shorter or this pauses in a weird spot and we have to make it pause in a natural place for an english speaker you right. know or yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things like that and it's i think dubbing it, it, it's it's bizarre to me that people are still having arguments about dubs versus subs because i'm like it's, it's ridiculous dubs are dubs have gotten so much better and also <laughs> here's the pretentious part that I believe. And I've actually had somebody in, on my show from Japan once, and she clearly, she's bilingual. She, she, she knows uh, she's fluent in Japanese as well as English. She is her, she herself has said that she's enjoyed a lot of the English dub better than the, some of the Japanese dub. And it brought me to, the reason why I brought her in is because the, the misconception that people have, I call them the anime uppity community. <laughs> Basically, those are people who claim that they love the subs more than the dubs, but they don't know a lick of Japanese, not elementary, not advanced, nothing. They don't, they, what they know is reading. <laughs> and like, if you took those, if you took those subtitles away, you wouldn't even know what is it considered a good performance or a bad performance. That's my thing is I'm like, you're not Japanese. You don't know like if that's a good actor or not. You think you're good, but they might be Japanese people might watch it and be like, this mother, this, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, there. I'm here like, with you. 
they're like, guys, like, it's like the cheesiest, like, he might be like, ha ha, I am acting, you know, like, but here we're like, gosh, they're so brilliant. It's like, exactly. I've heard I, it, it, it burns me. It, it pisses me off every single time I, I hear this online. I've heard people, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but I know somebody who said that they were like, oh, in Japan, some, they sometimes will watch the English dub because they like the performance more because it tends yeah. to be more natural. It right. depends. It depends. Sometimes we there's a style of anime acting that's still very much about the sound where it's like, oh my gosh, I sound like this. And it's more about <laughs> them just trying to sound like the Japanese and not actually add any heart to it. It's just like a mimicry versus right. like really trying to like, you know, adapt it because it doesn't always translate. Like there's certain things in Japanese culture or the Japanese delivery that just don't work for an English audience. If we all, if all the women had the same pitch as a lot of these Japanese characters, nobody would ever watch the dubs because it's so much higher there right. than we're used to in an in, in, in English speaking country. Right. And again, like to some, to their, to all of you respect, like you guys did a really good job. It's just, I, I think there are people who there, there's two different types of people of uh, otaku, if you will. There are those who grew up during my generation of subpar acting in anime during the tape trading era and then, which there was like little or few really good performances out of that. And then with dialogue and such. And then they're the ones that grew up with those uh, with those people in a generation to believe that that's the way to go. So they don't give the dubs a chance. But here's the thing. I know dubs won because when Crunchyroll bought Funimation, <laughs> that to me told me to like, and they decided to migrate all that content over there and now they decided to you know add it all the dub stuff at least most of it they you know that told me to for like there's but there's money in the dubs there's absolutely money in the dubs right there so like i honestly that 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 whole conversation should be done and for me it's not so much that i'm like oh dubs are better than subs i'm right. just like why don't you just let people enjoy what they like and like sit you down go. and just mind go back to eating your your tater tots that your mom heated up for you <laughs> watch your anime however you like it and let other people watch anime however they like it like it's right. not it's just a weird purity gatekeeping thing and i'm just like bored it is <laughs> well said absolutely so other than that i mean your your the strike is over um what can we expect from you are you continuing off on some uh other projects coming up that you could talk about yeah i mean i'm still trying to double down on like on the on camera stuff i'm gonna do it i have a oh you i think you asked me a question a while back and i forgot to answer it but yes i had a commercial uh <laughs> yeah i think you asked me a question and i was like i forgot uh yeah i had a i booked a commercial uh earlier this year that was um with regina king for uh, i i saw that and i was like i heard that you only said like a word or something like that and it just yeah. i walked past my tv i'm like yeah it's amanda it was me, me and my vocal fry. It was, uh, yeah. I was like, they dressed me up like an insufferable Gen Z kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like that good skin or something. And so they're like, oh, you look young. So I had like the big round glasses and I was just like, huh, nice choice. <laughs> I was like, oh no, you can fool anybody else, but I know exactly who that is. <laughs> I know exactly who the hell it is. I was like, okay, dope. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I didn't hate the look. It was actually very interesting, but I definitely looked like somebody who would be like, um actually like all the time like just be the most lame person at a party but you're at a record store so you couldn't do that yeah well i'm at a record <laughs> store i'd probably be like you're gonna get that album 
As a person who used to work at Tower Records, yeah, that happens. Yeah, like that would that would be exactly who I played. But yeah, I'm gonna try and do some more like on camera stuff. I'm going to. Um, I keep saying this. I'm like I've I've been writing stuff forever. I just haven't like finished any of it. I'll start writing like 30 pages of a screenplay, a pilot, but then never go back, never revise it. Like I just have a bunch of like half baked ideas. But I have a lot of exciting things that when I win the win the lottery and have all the time and don't have to work day jobs. Uh, yeah. I will, I will, you, you're going to be like, wow, she's a prolific TV and film writer. I knew her when. I already say that now. That's a weird <laughs> thing to say. Look, I know people who claim that they want to be, haven't done it, too tired to want to do it. And I see you doing it all the time. I see you aspiring. I always see you adding onto it. You have the passion for it. And I always appreciate that deeply. Like, honestly, the, you having you on this show all the time and I get to listen and learn from your experiences. It's inspiring. So don't take it lightly. <laughs> but definitely, I do appreciate you coming on the show uh, and, you know, talking about your life, what's going on in your world. Um, you are touring. How's it feel back going out of and into touring to cons and everything now? Because, I mean, like I said, last time we talked was the pandemic and, you know, we were all itching to get outside at the time. It's, so how's it feel to be back on uh, on tour? It's very nice because uh, I think everybody is equally, like, excited to be back out. So I feel like con attendance has been up. Like, people are just excited to, like, I, I feel like more people were coming to cons than were before. Absolutely. So a lot of people, it's their first time. So they, I guess they were, like, maybe because they couldn't go out during the pandemic. Yeah. They were like, man, all I want to do when I get out is finally go to a con. So I get a lot of people at my table who are like, this is my first con ever. I finally decided to just come to one. So it's it's kind of <laughs> cool. And they get to see you. Have, have you had any like significant fans that have ever come by your way so far? Something that just really stuck out? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I, there's, I wish I could remember like specific ones, but people will come up and they'll tell me how this show impacted them or they'll say like, oh, I watched this show with my sibling and they're no longer with me. But whenever I watch the show, I feel close to them. Or um, I love the ones that are like multi-generational. They watch their kids. They watch yeah. it with their kids and then they both mm-hmm. cosplay as characters from the show. Like, I think that's a very cute family bonding activity. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's also I, I like I for one am glad I need you back in Philly. You I knew you came to my city one time this year that I couldn't catch. Is yeah. there any plans of you coming back anytime soon? I mean, I don't currently have anything on the books for next year, but that this year I started the year with like two cons, and then somehow something came up every month, like sometimes twice a month. So cons usually for those of you who don't know they invite the actor so we don't we, yeah. don't we don't usually just invite ourselves i guess we could we could just say hey i'm i'm gonna be in your area or whatever like you know but like right uh, or just walk in here like um i'm here like yeah my table <laughs> wait you bring your own table with you <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna set this up and just sign here um but yeah the uh a lot of cons will be hey an hour not an hour a year or six months in advance usually like that's usually how it used to be where it's like they lock you in and then you're like all right six months from now i gotta do this thing i've signed up for it now there there were cons where literally like three weeks before they'd be like hey are you available for this con i was like mm. all right so i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a post-pandemic thing or if it's just cons that are talking to me like maybe i'm just maybe i'm just the last resort so they're like oh shoot duh. no or if it's just like in general, maybe a lot of cons are just scrambling more and they're like, oh, shit, yeah. we have to invite the guests. So 
who knows? I have nothing now, which, but maybe next year. Which leads me to my other question. When you get when you get asked to appear at a con, do you ever background check certain events or promoters or whatnot? How does that work? Usually, so most voice actors now have a booking agent, and the booking agent will kind of usually be like, oh, yeah, I've worked with them before. They're good people. Or they'll mm-hmm. say, like, hey, this is a first-year con. I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Like, so they'll let you know if it's like riskier. Like I've had some invites to cons that were like first year cons and my agent's like, I don't think you should take it. And I was like, why? Yeah. It's like, because they didn't know that they need to pay to fly you out or put you up in a hotel. Right. So I'm like, so that could be disastrous. Thought, they just thought I was, I was just going to come to their event and like pay to fly myself and also pay hundreds of dollars for a hotel to come to their event. Like, right. No. And how's the payback? How's the payback going to be? How does this work out? Yeah. Like- I'm like, <laughs> so there's a lot i think that's another thing that the pandemic uh spawned is there's a lot more cons like a lot more first year shows which yeah. on one hand it's cool that people are following their dreams and like hey like i'm gonna start a con but so many people do not understand all the work it takes to put on a successful show yeah. they're not business people they don't understand like all exactly the they're just fans who really want to they like going to cons so they figure and out somebody with money who wants to just spend that money and show but never go into the details yeah and so <laughs> it shows so uh, a lot of actors won't do first year shows. We'll usually be like, all right, somebody else can go do the, those shows. And then we'll see, <laughs> we'll, we'll hear back if it was a yeah. disaster. Um, I'm always wondering too, cause I, I've known local cons and stuff like that. And some of them, let's just say, uh, I know some things about certain people that are like, mm. I, if you background check these people, you, <laughs> you may want to hold off. to me i guess i'm kind of like maybe i shouldn't be this way but usually with a lot of stuff i'm like "Eh, it's none of my business so i don't usually Mm -hmm. look into it if somebody tells me like they might uh i did have a con that was like hey just you know we had some drama happen on twitter but here's what happened here's blah 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 that person's no longer with us everything's cool Mm -hmm. so i'm like like so that i appreciate because yeah i i don't want it to be like hey turns out this con is a it's a white supremacy con. Yeah, exactly. Con. <laughs> You're right in the middle. You're like the marquee person. <laughs> they were like, we thought you were what? We didn't, we just thought you just had a perm. Shoot. <laughs> this is a, this puts us in an awkward situation. <laughs> that would be, oh, that would be a great story, a chapter for your novel. <laughs> <laughs> the year I got invited to clan con, I did get, so I invited, I got invited to dream con and dream con, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's a requirement that everybody be be black, but I think it was like a. It it's like, it's it's yeah. It's it like, culturally supported. Yeah. So it was basically like um, so it was me, Katero, Anais, uh, AJ Beckles. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a bunch of other like like uh, black and brown uh, right. actors. I guess somebody didn't know that I was. I, I'm curious if people walked by and thought like I was just a white girl there. Well, here's the thing. That I would say that's slightly true, but they do make exceptions, and I'll say that because Molly has been there, okay, or been a part of it at least two occasions. Um, she, I, I did the panel for her for um during the during 2020. I did the panel for her, um, with like nine of the cast members from like um from the show, mm-hmm. from the original show, uh, Yuri and Tara and uh, Steve and and um Mary Elizabeth. Uh, they were all there, and it was all done in zoom it was like my first ever zoom panel ever done um and it was 
it was on behalf of RDC World and DreamCon at the time. So I, that was the first time I ever knew that RDC World and all that did a, did a DreamCon. Mm. And then come to find out when we got back into the swing of things, DreamCon just became this huge thing. Yeah, it like jumped too because I think it was like somebody said that there were like six thousand people there last year, and then this year there were thirty thousand people. Insane. Like- well, credit to the production crew that they have there because you know you look at it, you look at the production and the edits, it looks like an like you have to be there, yeah. and it makes me want to be there, and it just looks huge. And I'm like, they are these guys who started off online are in this huge stage, and they're like all their, their fans and everything, and it's it's an amazing thing. I I am big fans of them and what they've done as a group because it's a rarity to see oh sorry. it's a rarity to see us like this i hate to say it but it is it had incredible energy like everybody was just so excited to be there everybody was really supportive of each other and it's just cool to see people just like cosplaying as whatever they want and not having to right. worry about somebody being like oh you don't look like the character or whatever exactly i will say though i had some i still don't know what she said my boyfriend and i disagree on what she said mm-hmm. but she came up this is this white lady came up with her son and she's like, oh, it was so great to see you up there representing, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see like different diverse, actual diversity up there. And I was thinking like, oh, like she means like, oh, because we're all like actors of color or whatever. And then I, she's like, you know, because and not but then she clarified, she's like, and not just black. <laughs> and I was like, is this lady saying like, hey, thanks for representing the white, the white folk. The, 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 here's the part, which where was the part of that sentence that really just red flagged you well, because also, i can hear it the minute you said that there was a half of that sentence that was like oh where is this going i forgot the most important part she said she said it's good to see you up there like all the colors my boyfriend heard her say the colors colored. <laughs> like you know the color and i was like i so i don't know maybe maybe he was right maybe i'm right but either way it was still just like she was saying, she's like, oh, not just one type of person. You and your pasty ass self were up there too. <laughs> and she's like, when you spoke, I could see people, but their their face lit up because they felt seen. I'm like, I mean, unless she was saying like for like mixed folk or something, but I'm like, I know I'm light. Come on now though. I'm, I got invited this, to DreamCon. I'm, I'm invited the, to the cookout. This is, this is one of those situations you just say, bless her heart. <laughs> I was just like, okay yeah thank you so much for coming uh. and then afterwards we're like did you hear what did you hear what i think she said of all the archie bunker crap that you ever <laughs> <laughs> it, it's weird she was very nice and she's like oh right. yeah i'm friends with so-and-so and it was like you know i like guess somebody who oh god it's almost getting to that my you know i got black friends I type of friends. thing it was literally that she's like so I, I don't know if she maybe saw my face or something or she's like oh yeah i'm friends with so-and-so and who's like involved with the con he was black and she's like i'll put in a good word for you i'm like please don't all she need to do is just give you potato salad with raisins at that point it's just <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness amanda thank you so much for being back and being a part of the show and i i also got to really thank you before i let you plug out everything also got to thank you really honestly um because you and kyle and for those who don't know kyle Abear, um being you both been on the show multiple times, but you guys have been so open about your lives and transparent about certain aspects of your life that it's actually inspired me. One of which was your mental health. Mm-hmm. And because you guys have been so open about it, I have actually looked at myself and my self-preservation. I have immediately started 
taking therapy as a result. And it's been like the best thing that I've ever done. <laughs> One of the best things that I've ever done, mind you. But it was like, you know, we're people of color. We got our, you know, we go through our situations all the time. You know how it is. And it's like, you know, we need, we need that help. I clearly and don't because the world thinks I'm white. So I get, my <laughs> I get invited to Clan Con and they don't see a problem with it. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, you, you, get, you get the stack, you get the stacks against you like, like us. So I guess you, you automatically, you know, you, you're the new, you're the uh, latest beastie, uh, beastie sister. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, listening to you guys and, you know, being so open about it, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I do a lot. I have a lot on my plate. There's a lot going on in my world. It's hard to be, you know, black man in this world sometime too. And just, you know, an artist at that, you know, um, and a freelancer, I need to, I need to invest in me. And I mostly give you and Kyle credit for that. So thank you dearly for that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I, I don't think therapy is for everybody in the sense that, well, okay. I think therapy is for everybody. I think a lot of people you have a bad experience with a yeah. therapist like therapists are humans they are just as messed up as the rest of us so find yeah, a good one. absolutely but if you find a good one i just think what they do is they help you unlock the power in yourself the right one you know like the right one people. i've had two i've had two the second one is the charm yeah he's an anime fan okay. so he somehow tends to assimilate uh, you know, references of anime into something that matches with me. He's like, your anger, your anger basically is like having a nine tails uh, emblem inside your belly. So you're trying to hold back from let leashing a nine tails fox. I'm like, you know what? I love you and hate you at the same time. He's like, you got to follow your own ninja way. Don't forget. That's literally basically, I'm like, okay, you're the one. <laughs> I think that's, no, I think that's, that's great though. Cause I, to me, you can't control the world. You can't control other people. What you learn to work with it is yourself and how you yeah. feel about things. Like, I mean, it's hard, but you can say, okay, this could drive me nuts. This could piss me off, but like, I'm going to choose to not let this control me. Or I'm going to choose to have a different approach. Or I'm going to choose to not give this person that power. And I just think Absolutely. everybody, if we all understood that we wouldn't, we wouldn't have people being, uh, feeling helpless or feeling victimized. Like it's like, they would be like, no, I'm in control. There'd be a lot less trolling. Yeah. But also, if you, and if there would be people trolling, then you'd be like, I don't care what you think. Who are you? Like, you know, you would be able to not be batted about. Like, that's. I always say, I always say, starve negativity and, and feed positivity. Yeah. That's all. That's it's easier said than done. I still, like, every time I get a mean comment, I'm just like, but, but then I get over it and I'm like, who is this person? Why do I even care what they think? And it's probably some little kid here hiding behind a, right? a profile pic. Like, that, that's not them. Yeah. And I always think about that. <laughs> exactly. So, oh man, before we head off, uh, plug away, let everybody know what uh, your list, our listeners and viewers, where they can find you and what you got going on next. Yeah. So you can find me at Amanda C. Miller VO on all the social medias. Uh, also, I've started teaching. I haven't started my online classes yet. I'm still trying to figure out the curriculum because my classes yeah. are usually very physical and it's like theater mixed with voiceover and like how to yeah. use your body and your voice and your face and all that stuff to create a character That's awesome. animation. I'm just trying to figure out how that would you know work on like a little Zoom screen. So hopefully um, next time we we come on we talk about your syllabus because I'm very I'm actually very interested in knowing. Oh, I'm sure. What that is. I'm sure, and also I'm gonna I'm uh, looking to go back to school. I'm actually looking at the applications now. I mean I probably I'm a little late, but for next fall, because I want right. to learn speech language pathology and linguistics so that I can 
use them in my teaching and be able to like help with accents, accent reduction. Uh, you know, I can help with people with their feminization or whatever. Like I can help people with their voice issues. Like I can actually be able to say, ah, what's happening here is your soft palate needs to do this and then this and this and this, but you have tension here. So just press. Like I want to be able to be that specific and be able to help people, um, and do basically speech therapy for actors. And then, also, it'd be cool to have, if I get my master's, I could actually just be a speech language pathologist for my day job and actually have it be like something where I'm helping people, doing something that's interesting. And you're still working in the field. And still updating working in the field. The and industry. every day I'd yeah. be learning something from whoever my, you know, my, my, my patients are. So I think, I don't know, that, I just think that's, a, that's, a, that's something that's exciting. But yes, basically, stay tuned for classes. I'm going to start offering them online soon. Um... And yeah, if you're in the Atlanta area, uh, go to my, well, it's not my website, go to my social media (laughs) (laughs) and I'll, I'll post whenever I have classes. Yeah. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so very much. I wish you the best and everything that you do. And I look forward to talking with you again. And, uh, we'll talk more about what's going on in your world because there's always something going on in your world. So folks, I hope you enjoyed this very special fun episode of talk time live exclusive on behalf of myself and the one and only Amanda C. Miller. All I got to say is learn to let go live life and love all things, anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG presents talk time live. We are out of here. Take care. And you guys have a good day and get Naruto cross Baruto ultimate ninja connections coming out on the 17th. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.